Yes, my girl. Constance Hall, one of the most talked about bloggers in the country. A look out! Opinionated, raw, thought-provoking, and never shy to have an opinion. Annalise is her best friend. The yin to her yang. The gale to her Oprah. She's the chic one. Just ask her. A show for queens, by queens. No topic is too taboo. A shame-free, judge-free space. Oversharing, commiserating, and celebrating. This is the Queen Sesh with Constance Hall and Annalise. Come on, girls! Good morning and happy Sunday, Constance. Oh, happy Sunday, Annalise. It's so lovely to be here. I know. So for anyone that's listening, we this is the second time that we've been in the same studio recording this show. Yes. Usually it's Bestie Festie FaceTime. So we're so <laughs> excited today and we're having so much fun already. <laughs> and bestie Festie FaceTime. I'm yes. still laughing at that. Oh, really? Yeah. That's what I call it. Whatever. I thought it was cute. <laughs> so today, Con, we have a scan update. We do, on your yes. pregnancy. Yep, I have my first scan, which everyone will be happy to know because when I announced my pregnancy without having a doctor confirmation, oh, they yes. were, everyone, got, a, a few people got really angry at me and said, mm. how dare you tell the world that you're pregnant before you get doctor confirmation? You fool. I know. <laughs> <laughs> also, we're going to do a shout out to the Kings or our other halves, of course, uh, because Denzi did this lovely thing at the beach <laughs> with your three-year-old that we're going to get into later. And we're going to speak to some other beautiful queens who want to do a shout out to their kings for other cool stuff they've done. And next con, we're going to be chatting to someone who has first-hand experience uh, for perinatal depression and anxiety awareness week, which starts today. This is the Queen Sesh. From today, con, it is the perinatal depression and anxiety awareness week. And really, really important topic for our queens and for everyone. And we've got Chelsea Pottinger who wanted to share her story with us and her experience with perinatal depression and anxiety. So thank you so much, Chelsea, and welcome to the Queen Sesh. Hi, Chelsea. Thank you. Hi, guys. Thank you so much for having me. So tell us about your experience and your story. So it started... Well, to be honest, we tried for around four years to actually fall pregnant. So my husband and I were really wanting a baby. And then we were very, very blessed a few years ago. And 2015, we gave birth to our beautiful little girl, Clara. And pre-Clara, I, I was in sort of that corporate world and doing very, very long hours and had a great life. Triathlon training, socialising hard, working hard. And so I was sort of used to getting things done and and achieving what was on my list. And anyway, I had this beautiful little baby girl called Clara and the birth was beautiful. She came out uh, during one of my favourite songs of the time, which was uh, James McMurray, Higher Love, and I loved Aww. that song. And so it was divine. Anyway, a few days later when the milk came in, that was probably the day, the first day that, uh, that I really noticed something wasn't quite right. And my husband and my daughter were sleeping really well. Uh, mm. We'd been transferred from the hospital down to a private hotel in Coogee. And you have sort of one midwife on standby there. And it was the first time I had premonitions. And it really was that dark and heavy on that day. And it just didn't let up for the next nine weeks. Oh so my God. I. Sort of going from that and sort of really hiding that, you know, not telling anyone about that. I'm thinking, wow, that's really crazy. Why would you even think that? Mm. And then that's when the anxiety and insomnia started as well. So Jay and Clara would be asleep and I'd just be there laying awake uh, oh or pacing God, the, the house. Insomnia is just it's relentless, isn't it? Yeah. It is. It's, an, it's absolutely torturous. Mm. And I really feel for people going through that. And, and so from there, we went home and uh, I had my gorgeous mother. She's four foot 11 and I'm six foot. <laughs> 
end, which is this amazing pocket, like just this amazing pocket rocket full of energy, such an optimist. And so she was a really healthy distraction for the first six weeks. Yeah. And I could really hide behind this beautiful mask. And even though I was really hurting on the inside and all these demons were sort of circling around, I would still laugh with her while watching Netflix about the state of our sort of delirium and wow. um, how intense the experience was. And the for me as well, I had a um, probably after the two weeks of trying to breastfeed and really trying to to get that my my breastfeeding, I just couldn't seem to master that, and my I was just getting harder and more painful every day. And I started sort of viewing Clara, my little girl, as the source of my pain. So mm. my husband would literally bring her. It's funny, isn't it? They do yeah. seem like these little vultures on your boobs mm. suckling away <laughs> and they're killing you mm. and they're hurting you so I much and you're just like, oh, not enjoying and this. Exactly, exactly. And she and I'd say, darling, just quickly take her away from me. I didn't even want to cuddle her or have her near me because I just viewed her as this source of pain and I couldn't put any clothes and I was sort of walking around the house in Rose Bay like one of those fembots, you know, with no clothes on and I was just in so much pain and at two weeks I said to my husband, you know what darling, if we don't change her to formula, I'm going, you're going to lose me as a mother in yeah. terms of I just, I'm just going to run away yeah. and he said, well darling, I don't want that so why don't formula. we look at some organic formulas and yeah, and I thought, awesome, mm. that'll give me some instantaneous relief, that's probably mm. why I have these dark thoughts, it has Still to be so that. hormonal. Still hormonal, mm. and uh, and Mum and Jay were saying you know, it's very normal to cry every day. This is everyone goes through this, and uh, so I sort of just quite kept pushing away those thoughts. And um, anyway, giving up the breastfeeding relieved me for about twenty four hours, mm. and then the demons came back again, mm. and the insomnia just kept getting worse. Mm. And then at six weeks, my mother left, and then it it got really dark, and I would just catch myself in the mirror, just looking at myself, you know, um, crying, just, you know, look, saying to myself, just hold on, Chelsea, just hold on and be strong. You know, you're going to snap out of this soon. You'll snap out of it. And I just couldn't and I, and I didn't. A few weeks went on and I, I went and saw the doctor and she said, I think you need some, some benzos, some sleeping pills. Now, they're highly addictive. And when you have anxiety, insomnia, you'll do anything to get sleep. Mm. So that's in my addiction to, to tomazepam. And, and do you also find that you can get anxious about being addicted to things? That's like my oh, anxiety. When someone absolutely. gives me a pill, I'm like, oh, my God, now I'm going to get addicted to that. And then my life is... Yeah. <laughs> 100%. I was anxious about everything. Yeah, yeah. Sleeping, not sleeping, and, and taking why, pills. Mm-hmm. And why, didn't, why do you think that the doctor didn't pick up... I mean, why do you think you got prescribed sleeping medication instead of looking at the source of the anxiety and, and the insomnia? Mm, really good question. And that was really fascinating because it was actually a local GP. It wasn't my regular one. Mm. And a 15-minute consult, here's a quick fix and wow. we'll see you in a few weeks. Yeah. And, I mean, they didn't even do the survey, you know, so it was a very, mm. um, quite a misdiagnosed. Had you done the um, survey on yourself? No, because I didn't, to be honest, I never read about postnatal depression wow. because pre-having it, I was, I was such a happy, optimistic person. That wow, would be the section in the book that I'd change. skip. Mm. Yeah. yeah, I'd be like, no, I would never get that. I'll just mm. skip that part and just keep reading on. Mm. Uh, so I was so unaware and I think that's why it really sidelines me because I didn't even know what it was. Mm. Um, and then and the GP is like, here's some sleeping pills. So like, okay, and then that combination as well with depression and anxiety and then an addiction to benzos. And as if anyone out there knows with sleeping pills, you then need more and more of them because they become less and less effective. So then all of a yeah, sudden, that's around like nine weeks. That's the same oh, as Valium. Yeah, right. They're shocking. Like you just end up, I was on three and then I was sleeping for one hour. 
You know, yeah. I'm like, I yeah. am really screwed. Like, yeah. Yeah. this is not good. This is not looking good for me. Um, and and what was your what was your breaking point? Like, where what was the point where you just knew, okay, this really isn't normal. I need help. Oh yeah. So nine weeks, I was going to Scotland actually to stand next to my best friend as a bridesmaid, and I was thinking, if I can just get on that plane and escape, I can get myself well, get some sleep, come back, and be a good mum. You know, this is what I was going through my head. And so I I had the dress packed, got the money exchanged, and on the way to the airport, I suffered an extreme panic attack. And it was over guilt and shame of, you know, how could I even leave my daughter behind? Yeah, I get that every time I go anywhere. Yeah. And that I wasn't well. You know, I was really, really dark and depressed. Like, I was visualising my husband and my daughter with another woman a better wow. wife, a better mother. And I'm like, oh, look at this, they're happy. That's just such a better outcome. You know, I'm, and, and it's so irrational, right? Like I can look back on that now, two and a half years later, and so strong and well and mm. happy. But you just can't get out of it. You can't snap no. out of it. Yeah, I, I totally understand. You can't snap out of that stage. And so I, I drove back home, actually. I can't even get to Scotland. I, and so I went home and I walked in the front door and my husband was there, thank God. Oh, thank and um, he looked at me and he's like, darling, A, what are you doing here? And B, what is going on with you? Are you okay? Like, honestly, I just, I'm so worried about you. You know, because I was in tears mm-hmm. and I just said to him, darling, I'm just, I'm not coping. I'm honestly, you know, I, I just keep thinking that your life is better off without me. Kyra's life is better off without a mother like me. I'm a burden, you know, to you guys. And you end up thanking me. He's like, it, it just broke him. It just absolutely broke him. Yeah. And he just said, darling, we love you. Life is be- not better off without you, not in it. And and we need you. Clara needs you as a mother. I need you as a wife. We love you. We're getting you professional help. And, um, and we called my cousin, who's a psychiatrist, who's just amazing. And she's like, oh my God, Chelsea, you have a severe, severe postnatal depression. I need mm. to get you into hospital tomorrow. And so I did. I spent the next five weeks in a postnatal depression unit wow. in Burwood, um, which is a private hospital. And the the thing that grinds my gears the most is that in New South Wales, we only have 12 beds, 12 private beds. Wow. If you don't have private health insurance or can't afford a $45,000 bill <gasps> for a month, you can't get in. Now, they send you to the public hospital in that case, mm-hmm. and then you're, you're in there amongst some of the extreme cases of severe mental illness, and they also take your baby from you. <gasps> so imagine what that does for the mother and the baby bonding issues. Oh my God, I've got to get private health insurance. Goodness, I just yeah. goosebumps. <laughs> and I you know, know what? And the other thing is, I, I, I found out this fact, um, and we'll talk about the Gidget Foundation um, mm. because that, that's where I found out this fact, that it's mm. one, it affects one in five women. Mm-hmm. Postnatal it depression. Is huge. It's really common. And the women I was in hospital with, they were lawyers. There's a surgeon in there. There's a property developer. Yeah. It doesn't look a certain way, anxiety and depression. Mm-hmm. You know, anyone can get it. And that's what I was saying to my husband. When I met um, Arabella and Dr. Vijay Roach from the Gidget Foundation and realised that there's this incredible free resource that's available, you know, because sometimes the financial burden stops people from actually reaching out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, you know, they've got clinical psychologists that actually specialise in emotional well-being of expectant and new parents yeah. or people that are experiencing the perinatal anxiety and depression. And it's not just even around that. They actually experience... They're, 
they have support for miscarriages and fertility issues and mothers who have had stillbirths, which I had no idea about. And they actually, and the biggest thing as well is when I saw my psychologist before I ended up in the hospital because I had to go get a referral and, and bless her, you know, she's only young, she's 22 out of uni and she's trying to give me some deep breathing activities. Now, when you're suicidal, the, the breath it just ain't going to work, yeah. you know? Oh, when um, people tell me to deep breathe, even with my anxiety, <laughs> they're like, why don't you just breathe? Instead of feeling anxiety, I am friggin' breathing. Oh, no. You know? I'm such breathe a, again. Oh, I know, I'm, I'm the same. Um, and this is, it's so key because these, these psychologists at the Gidget Foundation actually specialise in postnatal, you know, perinatal anxiety and depression. So they truly get it. Yeah. They truly get it. It's a beautiful story, the Gidget Foundation. I actually went to uh, one of the charity lunches and it's, it was started by friends and family of a woman called mm. Louise Cotton and her mm-hmm. name was Gidget and she took her own life from mm. um, while she was suffering postnatal depression. So they've started this not-for-profit uh, not in her name and raised funds to help other women to try and avoid happening again so it is a beautiful organization we'll share the details um on our facebook page chelsea so people can get oh, in touch that's with the fantastic. and reach out support donate um and keep it going as and well. chelsea can i just say sharing your story is so important because you're so right there is such a stigma and i really loved hearing you know a woman like yourself talking about your darkest moments and you know just normalizing it all a little bit so thank you so Aww, much for sharing. Yeah, thank, thank you, you so, much. so much ladies i really you know, appreciate it oh my god I appreciate you guys getting the message out there. And I think, I mean, ever since that day, my life has been on an incredible positive trajectory upwards. And that's a big message for people out there is that you will recover. There are going to be great days ahead. You just have to get there. Yep, I'll be calling absolutely. you if I start getting going downhill after the baby. Call me. Okay? <laughs> Call me ASAP. Get my mobile on speed dial. Thanks, Chelsea. <laughs> Thank you so much, Chelsea. Great chatting with you. Likewise. See ya. Thank you. Bye. And if you or anyone you know are in personal crisis or have suicidal thoughts, please reach out to lifeline.org.au on 13 11 14. That's 13 11 14. This is the Queen Sesh. Last weekend, I we've just had some beautiful weather where I live. It's finally the rain cloud's gone and everything's mm. divine. And so we went out for lunch on the beach. There's a beautiful cafe on the beach and I was sitting there eating my like 17th hash brown and, <laughs> <laughs> and, I, and then my beautiful partner was in the water paddle boarding and teaching the kids and taking like the kids and not only like my kids but everyone else's kids for like Aww. rides up and down the beach and it was just a heavenly thing so I was sitting down with my bowl of hash browns eating <laughs> watching you know admiring him because like we've got so many children we've got such a stressful life mm. and so I can quite easily get angry at him and think about the things that you know annoy me is not much of a homemaker and um, so I spend all week frustrated and then things like that just ma- I kept saying to him are you exhausted like mm. you don't have to keep doing this because we're there all day he's like no this is my life this is what I love doing you know and I just thought I love this about him like this is my dream he's my mm. dream man and then I'm um, from the stairs so I had a nice distance between me and my children <laughs> And, but not the hash browns. But not the hash browns, no. <laughs> I was guarding them and I was watching my children. And one of them, because we're toilet training them at the moment. The twins. The twins are mm. being toilet trained. But they're pretty good. Like, they're pretty yeah. much toilet trained now. They don't make too many ac- Snow doesn't make any accidents mm. ever because she's so, like, into her, you know, dignity. 
<laughs> but um, so Rumi, on the other hand, couldn't really give a crap. And yeah. he just squatted down and he was squatting for a while and I didn't really know what he was doing because I couldn't really see. He was a little oh, bit Oh, and they're playing away. in the sand. They're always they're squatting. They're playing exactly yeah. in the sand. And then I saw like, him get up and look behind him and look at what he'd just done and that's the telltale sign that he'd just done a poo. And I was just like, oh, you know, I was having number 12. <laughs> I was thinking, do I get up or did Denim see that? And then, like, as, you know, as the longer I took to finish my hash brown, the closer Denim got to Rumi and then I realised Denim had seen it. So I jumped off the paddleboard. He ran over and I thought, what's he going to do? Like mm. we don't have, it's a busy beach. We don't have plastic bags. It's not a dog beach so we didn't bring any dog bags or mm. anything. But, you know, we're at a cafe. We could go up and get them. And But um, he just bent over and he grabbed the poo. <laughs> with his bare hands. With his bare hands but with sand in his hands. You know yeah. how you can do that on the beach? Good, yeah. And he took it up and he disposed of it in a bin. With there's like you know those mm. you know bins everywhere. Put it in the thing. Grabbed Romy, who's not a friendly kid, and <laughs> he screamed and washed his bum in the sa- in the water. So he would have had you know crap on his hands and stuff. But oh. like, be it that he's not his biological son. That's what yeah. just made my heart melt because like I'd do that. You know, like I've got to do that. But and he didn't even look at me for recognition mm. or praise. He didn't think I'd seen it because I was oh. hiding behind my <laughs> food. And <laughs> it wasn't until later that I said, "Did Romy do a poo?" <laughs> <laughs> And I was like, oh, what happened? (laughs) (laughs) Um, Up next, Con, we are going to chat to some queens who want to do a shout out to their kings for the little things. I don't know. Are we going to beat the scooping up the poo? Let's find out next. I hope so. (laughs) This is the Queen Sesh. Just before me and Annalise were talking about my beautiful partner, Denzi, and the amazing things he does. Last weekend, he scooped up one of my son's poos because we're toilet training. We're not feral, by the way, everybody. And... (laughs) Which we did get, I did get called that after I shared it on his Facebook. But he scooped up one of my poos, my (laughs) (laughs) one of my kids' poos, and he put it in the bin. He went and washed his bum in the ocean, and it was the most divine thing for me to sit back and watch from afar. Yeah. So today we're giving a shout out to Denzi, and we wanted to shout out some other kings. And we have Ali from Victoria. What did your king do that was shout out worthy? I had back surgery a few years ago now, and I could have been moved out in a wheelchair like it was very risky oh, wow. and I gave him the out option but he didn't oh. go anywhere like he's just amazing hmm. seven weeks ago I got a new brand new knee he's just stepped up to the plate just amazing like you know he's a truck driver in the state truck driver and he's permanent night shift so but he'll come home cook tea oh. you know put the washing on it's absolutely divine and what, what's his name Ralph. Ralph. All right, Ralphie, that's a shout-out to you, our king. We love you, Ralph. Amy from New South Wales. What did your king or queen, I should add, do that's shout-out worthy? Well, my husband makes me coffee every day. And it's it's the stupidest thing, but I know, but it's caring. It's consideration. Mm. Oh, not only that, but he just, he does it with, it's simple love. It's simple thoughts. It's, Mm. he says to me, oh, if I can make your coffee, and he he loves making my coffee. He does it with such, you know, like, he said, Oh, if I can make your coffee every morning the way you like it, you start the day off well, you know that you're going to kick goals today and you know that everything's going to be awesome. And to me, it's like, bloody hell, what what can I hope for? Because do you know what? No one can make my tea the way I like it. His name's Damien. All right, shout out to Damien. Thank you, you, Amy. Um, And we've got Catherine from South Australia. What did your king or queen do that deserves a shout out? Uh, My darling hubby um, organised a surprise birthday party for me and he 
got everyone from interstate family and friends to come over and he planned all the food and cooked all the food and yeah. he just yeah, and didn't even out a, didn't stuff. even outsource. Did he but did he clean? <laughs> <laughs> did he? Well he did a little bit of cleaning, yeah. Okay. But um, my niece cleaned up the next morning, so That's uh, and right. I still got my coffee in the morning as well. So yeah. he was just, just incredible. Oh, all because he name? loves me. What's his name? His name's Andrew. Go, Andrew. Andrew. Shout out to Andrew. <laughs> yeah, Andrew. You got way to go with a surprise party. I know. Hint, hint, Clarence yeah, and Dindy. Yeah, totally. <laughs> I had two people on my birthday last year. <laughs> That's maybe next year for you, Con. <laughs> this is the Queen Sesh. And last week, Annalise, I... Woke up in a panic frenzy one day because I am, um, you know, like I haven't had any ultrasounds. I don't, I haven't seen this baby yet, and I'm yeah. used to having private health, which was that huge debacle that made it on Kids Spot last week because mm. I'm, you know, not going private this time. So I haven't had any scans yet, mm. and so I went to the doctor and I was like, "Give me a date scan," even though I'm pretty sure with my dates, you know. Yeah. And um, she was like, "Okay, cool." So she gave me a date scan, and I called them and I said that it's an emergency because I could be like six months pregnant or I could be like six weeks. And they were like. <laughs> What? And I was like, yeah, and I'm flying to Sydney tomorrow, so I need to have it now. Mm. And so they, like, fit me in and I cruised down to Bustleton and um, unfortunately they didn't let us take any photos or film anything. In Why? The, I don't know, but because I've had twins before, like, Denzi wanted to, my partner Denzi wanted to film it yeah. so that if they were like, oh, you're the next actor, Mum. Oh, I my been, it would be. It literally what would I was be feeling, yes. Eight, it would be seven and eight kids, with including your stepsons. I know. Octo mum, oh, I wish it was. I wish it was twins. I could have called oh, you. Oh, I thought that it was going to be like triplets or something. You know, I was having because oh. I, I actually feel quite big for my gestation. I can feel yeah. a hard patch in my tummy, and I think that might just be because I've had so many kids that my belly, <laughs> my belly's just snapping into pregnant mode and just going. There you go. I look seven months pregnant. I literally, <laughs> no, literally do. I do. You don't. And no. it's all pasta and rice and all the crap <laughs> things that I shouldn't eat. And um, anyway, so I went in, had the ultrasound, me and Denim, and we brought my cousin because she's so beautiful and invested in our pregnancy. Yeah. And um, and the little heartbeat, it was only Aww. one. It was so cute. I, honestly, I have post-traumatic stress from having twins. I actually fell in love with this pregnancy the minute I found out it was only one. I bonded. Me and Denim both bonded. Denim yeah. isn't scared of twins because he hasn't done it before. <laughs> but he, we were both just like, oh, my God, it's cute. It was really around a lot. We've got boy vibe. We both think it's probably a boy because he really wants a girl, but I love my boys. Yeah. I love my boys and my girls, except, um, yeah, no, it was, ama- it was amazing because I've had so many kids. I was like, what's another ultrasound? It's not going to mean anything, but it really did. It was really sweet. I love that. And I'm yeah. so relieved it's not twins for you. Oh, it's really hard to bond with twins, Annalise, because, mm. you know, one's screaming, so you're comforting it and breastfeeding it, and then when it starts being cute, you don't even get to enjoy it because the other one starts screaming, so you're literally 24 hours a day with a screaming baby, and you're never getting those times that you get with your baby where they're bouncing around and they're kicking and you're making them laugh. It's, it's really hard. If there's Great. anyone out there listening with twins, I get a lot of messages from a lot of women who say, Constance, I I am broken from these twins. I feel you, ladies. My twins are still breaking me in the three, but it gets easier every few mm. months. You get a milestone. It does get easier. And then you get to have a single one afterwards. And everybody goes, are you freaked out about having like your, you know, seventh kid? And I'm like, no, this is so easy. Everything mm. is so easy compared to twins. Well, I just can't wait for a year's time. 
when you're pregnant with your eight because <laughs> then I'm going to call you Octomom. <laughs> I'm never getting pregnant again. It's the Queen Sesh with Octomom and Annalise. <laughs> That's my girl. This is the Queen Sesh with Constance Hall and Annalise. Come on, girls. And the Sesh is back in Sesh for another hour con, but still so much to get through. We want to ban something at the races. Yes, know? I want to ban a lot at the races. <laughs> I want to ban the races. <laughs> but we're going to tell you what exactly that we have our biggest gripe with coming up a little bit later on. And Con, Ryan Reynolds. Ryan Reynolds. Why didn't we all get a Ryan Reynolds? I know. He's so cool. He's so fun. I never knew because I just thought he was one of those pretty, mm. you know, Hollywood guys. Yeah. But he's very cool. He's very cool. He's trolled someone on, <laughs> on Instagram and we're going to tell you who it is because it's uh, not who you might think. Think. And next, Con, we're going to be chatting to someone who left their husband for, on the count of three, a, a woman. woman. <laughs> <laughs> That's life. That's next. This is the Queen Sesh. We're going to be chatting to someone, Con, who wrote an article this week and we were fascinated. So we thought, you know what, let's get her on the sesh. And you know how we sometimes talk about relationship goals? Yes. Yeah, this is actual relationship goals. This is something that you and I literally have talked about before. So yeah. we're going to be very interested to She's hear living the your dream. story. Bridget Harris, welcome to Bridget. the Queen Hi, ladies. So, Bridge, share your story with us. <laughs> oh, okay. Where to begin? So, um, well, it begins with um, my partner and I first met when our girls started school. And we were just, you know, kind of acquaintances and school mums. School and our mum kids, friends. Yes, school mum friends. So our kids um, quickly became BFFs. She's got two six-year-old twins and I've got a six-year-old daughter. And um, Does your kid like both of them the same? Or yeah. does it have a favourite? <laughs> oh, well, actually, that depends on what day it is. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> be a bit of a triangle. Mm. Yeah, it is. There's always a third wheel. Um, <laughs> Speaking of third wheels. <laughs> yes. So tell us what happened next. So um, basically I went through a nasty marriage breakup um, mm. and as did she a little bit later down the track. Yeah. So we kind of just, you know, started talking, um, became really, really good friends and then fast forward, we actually developed really strong feelings for each other, which shocked us both. How did this um, happen? Was it like one drunken night or <laughs> sorry to ask these details, but because I've envisioned myself in your position so many times <laughs> that I've always wondered how that line gets crossed. And when uh, I will clarify, so Con and I are talking about when we've been in really like rock bottom moments in our relationships yeah. and we always joke about, you know what, we're going to leave men and we're going to build a women and children's only commune. And to, yeah. that, that would just work, wouldn't it? Like yeah. there are so many reasons why that would work and I think about like tribes when like the men go and live somewhere else and I'm like yeah. still looking for that tribe <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's it's it is pretty cool um so yeah it it wasn't really one drunken night although having said that our first kiss kind of was a bit of a shock to us both yeah um wow. but yeah we just I don't know there was just some connection there was just something about her and I just I, at first, I was in denial. I'm like, "Come on, Bridget, you're having a midlife crisis or something? You've just gone through, you know, a marriage breakup. You cannot be feeling this for a woman because yeah. I've, it's, I've just never. Mm. That just hasn't been me. And then, yeah, basically, um, 
we pretty much told each other how we felt and it was just like, wow. And then we uh, moved in together, but we had to keep everything a really big secret because we were just, I mean, we were like, oh my God, what are people going to think? Yeah, and you you're know. just worried about the other school mums in the community and what they would think. Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mom, school mums can be brutal. Really? Oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> it's like the lion's <laughs> den. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I'm a writer and I write about my life and put it out there. It's what I do. But there was this one big secret that I was holding back and mm. I was just like, I'm not being Honest. true to myself. I hate that feeling, yeah. Yeah, and so, you know, her and I spoke about it, you know, over a couple of months and finally felt that, you know, we were ready to break news to the universe and it feels amazing. And the thing is, it shouldn't be such a big bloody deal. No. You know, we're two people who love each other. Yeah. We just happen to be both female. Yeah. yeah. But it's all, I think it's all relationships after the marriage breaks down. Like the mm-hmm. first relationship after the marriage, nobody ever wants to talk about because you just don't, you, just, you don't even know what it is yet. You want to let it nurture yeah. in private before. Yeah. But yeah, you're right. It is nice to go public with it. And um, what else I wanted to ask you was, how did the kids take the news? Well, we haven't actually told the girls. Okay. We so haven't actually come out listening. and said, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, girls, what curious. No. Um, they're so young, though. Yeah, they're yeah. six. They, they don't. They really are. Know. It's been a massive transition for them, you know, coming yeah. out of, you know, um, you know, their family life and they're moving in together yeah. and, and that kind of thing. So they just think we're BFFs. And I think that's really kind of age appropriate for them at the moment. And if questions come, you know, we'll. (laughs) Yeah, and um, they will, and you'll. I think you'll just navigate through it as it comes up. Yeah. Sometimes yeah, you don't need a anyway. plan, do you? Yeah. <laughs> Your plan yeah. is to not have a plan. I love it. That's yeah. my life as well. But um, I also, the only, other thing I wanted to ask you, sorry, Annalise, I know I'm hogging Bridget. I know. Is, I, I wanted to know what her family and <laughs> oh, friends are. I don't want to know about the family and friends I right do. now. I want to know about the difference between your relationship with another woman and your relationship with a man. Like, Do you feel more supported? Oh do you feel more? Mm. Is it like that contentment, like the anxiety's gone? Because you know that friction between yes. men and women sometimes can create lots of anxiety. Yes. It's just, it's. Oh, it's so different on so many levels. Like, number one, a great perk is that we have a communal wardrobe. Oh, yeah. So we're the same size. Because I reckon if I had a girlfriend, I'd be like, do you think I'm fat? Oh, my God, you're looking at me like I'm fat. You skinny bitch. Get out of my room. (laughs) Yeah, so that's awesome. Um, No, but it is just so different. I mean, you know, we just understand each other. You know, women get women. Oh, totally. We know. Yeah. And, you know, if there's something wrong, we'll be like, come on, what's up? Whereas a guy just, I don't know, in my experience, just have no idea. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Do you reckon this is evolution so. and we're all migrating towards woman on yes, woman well, we can literally Well, breathe I it highly up recommend it. Let me know. Um, you yeah, you're selling it to me, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> me and Denim, my partner, have both, well, he says that if we break up, he doesn't want to be with anyone else ever again. And mm. I've said, well, I'll probably go gay. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I love that. And I love that, um, that I, I read that it's there's no label on it. You're not calling it anything. You're just two people no. in love. And that's beautiful. It's so beautiful. And I love that yeah. you're there for each other after such a horrible experience that you've both had. In oh, your and we literally are just best friends. Oh. Like, honestly, we have so much. We just laugh and laugh and laugh. We're just besties and, you know, so in love and it's amazing. Um, well, can I ask one I'm question sold. before Annalise wrap, yeah. wraps us up? Um, so be it that neither of you had been in lesbian relationships before, was it hard to, like, 
both have sex? Like, were you both like, I, if I had was going to go down that road, I'd like to think I had an experienced female who could go, no, what are you doing? That's weird. You do it like this. Yeah. Yeah, it was pretty, I've got to say, it's pretty nerve-wracking. I was yeah. on my L plate for quite some time, but I think I've moved up to my P's. I think you could learn um, quick because you know what you like, so you know yeah. what, yeah. Well, exactly. It's like, what would feel good on me? Okay, that hopefully is going to feel good on her. And yeah. I've had no complaints yet, so. Ah, lovely. <laughs> what a beautiful story. I love that, Bridget. Thank and you. thank you so much for sharing it with us. And where can and we follow Bridget? Yes. Where can we where can um, see your writing? I'm on Facebook or you can look me up at BridgetOnTheBalcony.com. Is, is that my you, is that your Facebook name? Because I'm not good at website. My Facebook name <laughs> is Bridget Harris Author. Bridget Harris Author. Awesome. I'm going to look you up, Bridge, because I think you're amazing. Yay. Oh, thank you, Con. Big compliment coming from you. I've been such a huge fan, not in a creepy way, just in a... Stop it. I'm oh, hormonal. No, I'm hormonal. I'm already in tears. She's Stop all it, about creepy. Just be a creep. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> thank you so much, Bridget, you. for sharing your story with us. My pleasure. Thanks, ladies. Take care. This is the Queen Sesh. Con, we have survived another spring racing cup carnival year. Well, yeah, I managed to get through it without seeing anyone that was dressed up, being dressed <laughs> up, or, yeah, thinking about it one little bit. So. Yeah. And I know, I know that the races, it's not really for you. No. <laughs> <laughs> I was offered tickets to the races <laughs> once, and I just, like, I was trying to be really polite and respectful. <laughs> I was like, I couldn't. I'd rather stick a needle in my eyeball than go to the bird cage. <laughs> Con's like, I would be rocking up with no shoes to start with. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay, one of the things that irks me after these events, whether it's, you know, Oscars or, I don't know, what are those footy awards and the, I don't know, the WAGs, can't even remember the name, the, the best and worst dressed. So, you, you know, you pop up and on your little feed it's like, best and worst dressed of Melbourne Cup Carnival. Of course I'm going to click on it. Oh. <laughs> What's wrong with you? You feed the beast dance. That's know, what you do. But I'm like, okay, let's have a look. And you don't even look at the best, do you? So here's the thing. Okay. I clicked on it. Yeah. It was a gallery with 33 images. Mm. It just said best and worst dressed <gasps> Melbourne Cup. And they didn't tell you they didn't. what was the best or worst. No. Oh, my God. And I'm not fashion forward either. I wouldn't know. I had no idea. Yeah. And then I thought, well, if I'm confused, imagine if I'm one of the 33 people. Oh, my that God. Is, that would be the worst feeling. You're like, well, am I best or am I worst? What What did I make? What well, I know I made the list, but what list did I make? I don't know. Mm. And I'm thinking that's actually even potentially crueler. Then labelling it. Yeah, of course. Best and worst. It's like, you know, you decide. Yeah. well, I Choose think your own you, ending. I think if you got yourself dressed and you found your favourite dress and you got a stylist or you did what you did, yeah. you would just have to assume you made the best. I would. Yeah, I would. <laughs> I would just go, oh, they're all so jealous yeah. of my bare feet and my flower crown. <laughs> <laughs> this is the Queen Sesh. I started following someone on social media this week, Con who cracked me up, Ryan Reynolds. Oh, yes. Ryan I know. Reynolds. Our so, new dream man. Yes, and him and Blake Lively. She's so cool. Couple goals. Couple goals. I don't really look at famous couples and go, oh. They're goals. Yeah, but them, I, I kind of do. Yeah, no, I don't because, yeah, they're still them and I, I still always just like being me, so I'm not really like, mm. I wish I was more like them, but I appreciate them. I'd like to be mm. friends with them. Same. Yeah, that'd be really funny How to be friends with. How would that happen? It's never going to happen. So mm. moving on. So what, you, so what they're famous for, right, is trolling each other on internet. 
the, like on their socials, which mm-hmm. I find so funny. So they'll put up a photo and maybe they're hugging and they'll just crop the other one out. Yes, I saw I, <laughs> her happy birthday to him was just a picture of Ryan Gosling. <gasps> and he, she cropped him out of it. Like he's, you could see a tiny bit of his face and she's like, happy birthday, my love. I love it. <laughs> I know, I love it too because I was like, yeah, happy birthday, Ryan. Oh. <laughs> So, okay, so he's done a bit of a doozy. I've got the, I've printed out the picture for you and I'm going to share it on our Queensdash Facebook. He put up a photo of his wife on a film set. Yes. Did you see it? I did. When she's oh. playing a homeless person, isn't she? I don't know what she's playing, but basically it's grim. Like she looks like she's wearing 50,000 layers. She is wearing. I don't even know why she let him come to the set. I know. I would not let Denim come because he'd just revel in me looking that bad. And we can say this because Blake Lively is. Divine, but in this photo, she literally looks sick. Like she it, looks like she's about to ask you for money. Yeah, definitely. Like you would avoid her; you'd cross the other side. And <laughs> is, can we say that? <laughs> yeah. Okay. And so he just put a comment: hashtag no filter. <laughs> <laughs> He's so funny. I know, but I don't know if Denzi put a photo of you up looking like this. It's been done before. Remember the um, Ro- the Russell Brand and Katy Perry? Mm. Yeah, he did that to Katy. Mm, and that yeah. didn't work out so well. I don't think it did. No, it ended in divorce. So, mm. But, um, yeah, no, I, I put up ugly photos of myself anyway because I try and do that whole realistic social media thing where we don't always yeah. look great. So if Denzi did that to me, then Denzi, when Denzi first met me, he had no idea I was so attractive. He thought that I was rank because he just seen oh. me on the internet. <laughs> And he was like, no, you're actually, like, really beautiful. But, like, no, you do not sell yourself. And when he, like, told his friend that he was with me, his friend was like, gross. (laughs) (laughs) This is the Queen Sesh. And we're nearly out of time and we do like to finish on Queen Vice. Advice for Queens. And today's different, Con, because we need advice. And particularly you need advice. I don't need advice. You make out like I'm a loser. I... I shared a post last a couple of weeks ago now about creating a new village. I yeah. need a village because I've moved away from my hometown. And, you know, when you're in a new relationship, you're sort of just like, I've just sort of reclused a little bit, but mm. I miss my girlfriends and I miss just being able to call someone and go, can you take the kid or have another kid dropped into my arms? I just love having that sort of um, open door policy with, with a group of women. And so I shared a post about creating a village. Mm. Since then, I know you're saying I need help, but since then the help has come to me. I'm in the supermarket. I've got women approaching me, buying me flowers, saying to me, do you want to, like, catch up? I only live around the corner. Like, I really? actually, yeah, it's changed a lot of things. Not only, like, the way people are acting towards me, because I can be unapproachable because I have this social media thing and yeah. I have this, like, f- chic radio show. And so people think that I might be a little bit, like, busy or whatever, but I'm mm. actually not and I'm a loser and I've got no friends. <laughs> and so when people do come and talk to me, they always go, oh, my God, you're so normal. And I'm like, yeah, yeah no, I'm a bit creepy. <laughs> <laughs> it is, but you know what? Moving states when you're an adult and when you're a mum is so yes. hard. I've yes. done it a few times, as yes. you know. It's really lonely at first. Oh, it's so lonely, and the schoolyard can be so gossipy and bitchy. It is not like when you're young and you go out partying and you meet another girl in the bathroom and you guys are besties for the rest of the night. It's not like that at all. There's mm. barriers. Which I want to knock down, you know. I want to treat everyone like I've just met them at 2am in the toilets at a nightclub. Yeah. I don't want to treat mums like, you know, well, I'm really rich and pretty with my blow dry and I don't need your Mm. judgment. You know, I don't want to be like that. 
I remember when you first moved to Sydney, I was cracking up so bad because <laughs> you put this big loser post up on, yeah. like, Inner West Mum. Yeah, like the, the Facebook community group where I lived, yeah. Yeah, I was really proud of you, but as your best friend, I have to give you grief. That's my yeah, job. Yeah, fair enough. And you were like... Um, guys, I've just moved here from Melbourne. I've got no friends. I'm going to be at this park at this time. With a six-pack. <laughs> With a six-pack <laughs> if anyone wants to come. And you had a, an amazing response. Yeah. But I think women in general respond really well to other women reaching being, out and because, being yeah, because yeah. it reflects something that's going on in themselves as well. So, you know, it breaks down that oh, I have to pretend to have my together because, you know, everyone else does. They go, oh, I'd love to come and have a six-pack with you and we can all just talk about how how hard life is or whatever, yeah. you know? And we still meet. I've got, a, like, a Friday weekly meet group in the park. Do, and as many people rock up? Still? Between <laughs> five to 20 sort of oh, groups. Wow. Yeah, it's, it's changed and it's all people from daycare and stuff. But, yeah, it's – and I think maybe we've just solved our own advice. Yeah. It's, it's put yourself out there. You've got to put yourself out there. Even if you're embarrassed and it's mortifying, go up to another woman and say, hey, do you want to have a coffee? Like a date. Like, like you're cracking on to mums. Yeah. I can do that. Um, hello. That's <laughs> pretty much what I do for a living. <laughs> uh, that's us. Not just mums, women. Oh, yes. Yeah, sorry, women. Women, yeah. definitely. Um, that's us for another week. Con, it has been an absolute pleasure. It's always a pleasure. Being in the same studio together is just bliss. And, and you've I'm... got a full face of makeup and a blow dry <laughs> for me. <laughs> it's not for you. It's for photos later. Thank you very much. <laughs> um, please reach out to us anytime on our Facebook page. We really do love you guys in the community and hearing from you all the time. And also you can download the Hit Network app and grab the Catch Up podcast later. Have a great week, guys. Bye. This is the Queen Sesh. Now, and earlier this week, you know when you're pregnant and you have to get like your antenatal tests? Yes. Every time I have had to do that, I've freaked out because they test you for HIV, hepatitis, chlamydia, syphilis. And just like, I mean, I am not a prime candidate for any of these diseases, but you just start thinking, what if I have that? You know, like, mm. you've seen so many movies where the unsuspecting woman goes to get her results and goes, what? How did I get that? And so I was cool when I got my blood. But then when I was getting going to get, like, my um, results, I was, like, crapping myself. like, mm. And then and I was, like, looking at Denzi because I was, like, well, if I've got AIDS, mm. it's from you. Yeah. And he was just, like, for the whole few days of me waiting, he was thinking, great, she thinks I have AIDS. <laughs> anyway, I got my negative results and I was, like, on Instagram stories. Yeah. I just got my neck. I don't have syphilis. I can pick the kids up from school with my syphilis-free fanny. I feel great. I think my walk changed. Mm -hmm. I was feeling that healthy and fresh. And I don't have HIV. Now, I had no idea that I'm not the only person in the whole world with HIV phobia. Mm. And the messages started piling in from women saying, oh, my God, thank God you don't have HIV. I'm so – I love getting those tests. It's the scariest week of my life, but it feels so great. I always think I have HIV. Everybody's just like – is petrified of this disease. I blame the Grim Reaper ads from the 80s. Yes. Yes. I was talking about it with my cousin and I said to her, when I was growing up, there was Grim Reaper ads. Mm. And she said, Google them because she's only young, she's 19. And she was like, oh, my God, you saw that when you were six? Yeah, as a kid. It's petrifying, yeah. And I think that's why I have HIV phobia. But um, it did remind me of... What? <laughs> our, um, me and you both had in our youth STD scares. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Not surprising, really. But um, <laughs> yeah, that's right. So I reckon I would have been about 18, 19. Oh, please. You were like 31. <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> I was 18 or 19. It was, about, it was about 18 years ago. So let's not do maths. And I picked up this guy on New Year's who was a friend of a friend. And so this guy, we'll call him... 
I don't know. We'll, I don't we'll know. call him Joe Bloggs. The names that came to mind don't really. <laughs> <laughs> so Joe Bloggs, I picked up Joe Bloggs on New Year's, had a few thousand responsible champagnes and the next day or two, a friend, the mutual friend called me and she said, Joe Bloggs wants your number. And I was like, ooh. <laughs> no way it was a New Year's thing. I was like, nah. She's like, no, he, he's got something to tell you. I was like, well, what is it? You tell me. And she was like, he's got gonorrhea. <laughs> I was like, oh, you're The phone call you want when you're already hungover. You're kidding. And I didn't, I mean, oh. this is before smartphones, so I couldn't even Google it. So I went straight to the GP and I got this really like older, staunch, very religious sort of judgmental doctor and he was going off at me about contraception. I was like, I don't know, it's you. I actually remember his exact words. Do you know what he said to you? Yeah. He goes, it's not my problem. I'm not the one who has to marry you. I know, right? Oh, what a pig. I know. But then I went back the next day for my AIDS test because he said, if you have gonorrhea, you've probably got AIDS now. And I went back the next day and I had a different doctor who was really cool and he was American. He had this really yes. thick accent. And he, he did a 180 down there. He goes, Annalise, you don't have gonorrhea. I was like, why? He goes... Can you put the accent on? Yeah, he's like, Annalise, you don't got gonorrhea. <laughs> and I was like, well, how do you know? He goes... People come to me and they say, doctor. Doctor? Why have I got scrambled eggs in my pants? And that's gonorrhea. <laughs> this is the Queen Sesh. And this is just a special little, I don't know, what, what are we calling it? Vignette for our pod queens con. <laughs> words? You can, I don't know. Yes. I haven't had a drink it? in nearly Vignette. a week. And I think I'm just, Vignette. I'm too, I'm too peppy. I think. <laughs> I'm actually annoying. Um, so shout out to our pod queens. We actually had one of our pod queens from Canada. I think her name was Chrissy. I hope I've got it right. And she was like, you haven't done the, the pod queen shout out for a while. I was like, oh, sorry, oh, Chrissy. I look forward to it. I know. So now I feel terrible. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, so shout out to our pod queens, Chrissy in Canada. Thanks for listening. And also just a reminder to subscribe and that way our apps pop up for you automatically and rate and, and review. And it also makes us look better. Definitely. For more subscribers. Like, Absolutely. Let's be honest. It gives us more control and power. Yeah, thanks. Which is what it's all about, really. So speaking of control and power, <laughs> we wanted to talk about something that's a little bit serious. And it's something that, um, you know, for our international pod queens, we're actually really embarrassed about. And if you haven't heard about it, it is our refugee crisis. Yeah, it's so humiliating. I find it confusing. Mm. I did ask our producers if we could get a, a politician on to explain it to me because sometimes I just need these things explained Mm. face to face, you know, like how on earth could our government be doing this to innocent people? Yeah. And I just don't think we would get an honest answer recording it. It's just. No. Unless it was from the like competitors. You know, yeah. they, could, they could maybe say Well, with this one, because I spoke to my, I had to speak to my dad. We had yeah, to reach out very, to Trev. Do you know what I like about your dad? He's a bit of a lefty, which obviously yeah. I am. So, yeah. Mm. Yeah. So we, we reached out to our number one fan, Trev, and um, he sort of gave me a bit of a breakdown. And it, it actually is Labor and Liberal that are, yeah. are joint on this no, one. We've got no hope. So there's no opposition. So basically there's, and I don't know the exact number, it's about 300-ish refugees from various Middle Eastern countries. And uh, about three or four years ago, uh, the government found out there's a boat and they're planning to come. And our Australian government said, absolute stand, we're going to make an absolute um, what's the, you know, where you're making an example, example of someone. Yeah. Um, and setting an example that you will not be accepted into our borders if you make this journey. They yep. made the journey. So they put them in Papua New Guinea? Yeah, so it's an island called Manus Island just off Papua New Guinea. They've been in a detention centre for about three to four years. 
there's riots. And, and can I just add that a good, already, a good 200 of them have already been confirmed as legal legal refugees. So their refugee status mm. has already been confirmed, which obviously means that they're, you know, like they are escaping. Asi- yeah, seeking asylum. Exactly. And they're not criminals. No. None of them are criminals. We're not talking about people who have plotted to bomb Australia or no, they're rapists. Just, they're trying to escape their worst life. Yeah. Yeah. And so now also Papua New Guinea is saying we need this land back. So now we have a few hundred people and the government, our government's not budging and Papua New Guinea saying, well, we, we need this, this space back. Now, the ultra-chic new New Zealand Prime Minister. Amazing. Amazing. Um, How do you pronounce her oh, name? Jarkadia? Oh, Jacinda. Jacinda. Oh, Ellie. Jacinda. <laughs> Jacinda. Jacinda. She is everything goals. We're going to keep reaching out to her for interviews because I put she, her request in. Oh, She's amazing. We Jacinda are obsessed. Yep. She's actually the youngest the New female Zealand Prime is, Minister. Apart from Australia, New Zealand is my favourite country mm. in the world. New Zealand is so progressive. Yeah. And, you know, they've still got a long way to come like we all do, but they, I am oh. so impressed when I'm there. So she has said that they will take 150 of them right now, tomorrow. They will just take them to New Zealand and... And house them. Our government? No. I know. Why? That's what I'm. That's what I'm we, confused about. Why no? They're trying to set the example to stop other people coming. Is what I discussed with my dad last night. So what? Like they'll start going to New Zealand instead. Mm. I just I'm humiliated. They're torturing them. They've cut off power. They've cut off food supplies. There was um, reports of one man digging for clean water. There was reports of another man who had no medical attention at all with kidney stones, which is apparently mm. um, more painful than giving birth. Wow. I've heard. Uh, he was on the ground screaming. There's, it's just like it's so inhumane. The Australian government is literally torturing innocent people and we don't stand for it. No. And we want every, everyone who's listening from another country, we're embarrassed. Mortified. Most of us are. Everybody that mm. I speak to is humiliated and I don't want you to, I don't want that to represent us as Australian people because we don't, we, we definitely don't want this to be happening. We'd do anything like, I'd open mm. my front doors to people to come and live in my own house rather than be there. Well, you would. I would. You've got the commune. <laughs> yeah. The commune's got space. What's one more? I know. <laughs> it's horrible though. Yeah, so our hearts are heavy and we're really sad about it and it's just, it's so frustrating. And hopefully we'll have some good news soon about the situation. Yeah. Can't just leave them there to, what, die? Like, is that the plan? I know. Well, just wait another 40 years. Like, it's ridiculous. Mean, people are having babies. Like, it's just ridiculous. I know. Anyway, that's us for another week. Sorry to end on such a sad note, but we didn't think it was right to not talk about it. Mm, absolutely. Maybe, well, maybe we can chuck another funny one in, see what we've got in the can from a little while ago. Okay. And see, just see what Ellie does. That's <laughs> our producer. Thanks, guys. Thanks for listening. This is The Queen Sesh.